This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. This woman is obviously having a mental health breakdown. I stopped the video. I was like, absolutely not. This is not a mental health breakdown. This is a temper tantrum that is consciously being thrown by an adult. She is using emotion to manipulate the people around her into getting sympathy. People think if they yell and scream and cry loud enough that it'll that the focus will be on calming the person down instead of what they did. And sometimes it works. Well, that's the thing too. It's like people want to throw the, the, the mental health thing out all the time. In five, four, three, Three, two, two, one. one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain, or should I call it the Genius Bose podcast? Nah, this is the Genius Leak, because I'm about to leak every... I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yo, we look like we're about to rob someplace. Well, it might be mostly me, but we do... No, actually, it's you too. We look like we're up to something, but that's, that's exactly how every show should start, right? We are up to something. It's like I'm a fucking ninja and I just ended my day and I just started like slowly unpacking my shit. How have you been? Dude, I've, I've been good, man. I feel like I've been coming on the show for a hot minute. It's been like over three years, hasn't it? So It's I been a like, hot second, yeah. Yeah, everyone watching, I feel like y'all, have, if you've been watching for me, you've been seeing me out of every season in my life. Now that I'm not working corporate, I got the sunglasses and the hat on. That's right. You're not working corporate anymore. You've been doing a lot of like murder mystery shit. Yeah. Which, by the way, I had no idea how fucked up this world is. <laughs> Like there's so many fucking crazy stories. Like I've been, I, I, I started watching some of your stuff and kind of keep it in the background. Oh. And a part of me turns it off sometimes because like, I don't want to listen to this before I go to sleep. <laughs> Cause that, that's fine. Fucks me up. <laughs> like, don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. Keep binge watching my videos. Okay. <laughs> it, that shit fucks me up. It's so crazy. Yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, David, it's really hard because going through the cases and reading all of the information, because sometimes I pick a case and then we end up not covering it. Mm-hmm. And so I've just ingested all of this crazy stuff. And I'm like, OK, on to the next fucked up thing. But I mean, the cool thing is, too, some parts of my job I'm doing right now, I'm doing a lot of um, less murder stuff. I do the murder stuff like on my YouTube and my Twitch, which sounds really weird. But then um, some of the other stuff has been like, uh, like I got that. Wait, I don't know if I should say it. I got a TV show on a big network. It's not like my own show, but I'm like Mm -hmm. featured on it in like a whole bunch of episodes. And um, it's kind of more like watching like CCTV footage of crimes that are happening. And I just get to crack jokes or like I do this like safety app where like you heard a citizen. Dude, uh, you talk citizen. I have it on my phone. That's like half my pastime. Oh yeah, yeah. So I do like I do like the live announcements there. So like if it's like man stabbed on Pico, like it'll pop up and it'll be me. It'll be like Good morning, Los Angeles. A man was stabbed today on Pico Boulevard. But don't worry, we've got all of your updates here in safety. We're figuring out where he's going. Let's listen to the radios and like I get to just like listen in on Ditchpatch and figure out all that. Dude, citizen app. You know what's even better than citizen app? Fucking just the the neighborhood app. I thought you were about to do a uh, uh, an ad read. No, I was like. Neighborhood app. No, the neighborhood app is No, fucking David, we funny. can't talk about that shit. <laughs> we, we can't talk about that when I'm on here. Yo, cut the video. Cut the video. 
thing. You know what, though? I will say it's nice to feel safe, but I get scared looking at those abs because it'll be two o'clock in the morning and it'll be like baby walking down street alone. <laughs> like what? Yeah, Citizen get, App get is the fucking wild. Neighborhood App is just the neighborhoods talking like the neighbors talking shit because people uh-huh. kind of like watch out for each other. But the funniest thing about the neighborhood app is, is like there are some people that are so fucking racist they don't even know that they're racist. Oh my god! It's hilarious. Like, like what? So, like I still have the neighborhood app in the area that I used to live in. Right? It's 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 like South Pasadena is pretty affluent, and so somebody will write some shit, and you know this person is just trying to say one fucking word but doesn't want to. They're like, yeah. "Okay, guys, I want you to be careful. There were uh, some people out looming in front of my place, and somebody was like, "Oh, what do they look like?'" Uh, they're they're uh taller, uh short haired, uh baggy clothes, darker complexion, black. I, uh, yeah, Just I, say I, black. I was like, wait, you're gonna get to the thing. It's gonna be the thing. It's that's always, <laughs> always, always. And somebody writes, "That was me. I'm your fucking neighbor." You're kidding <laughs> no. me. You're joking. And you see people just fucking like, yo, what the fuck was that about? I'm I'm your. I've been here for five years. I'm your fucking neighbor. And they're like, yo, what are you talking about? And they started like, okay, well, there were some other people there like the other day. He goes, those are my fucking kids. Like, what are you talking about? It reminds me, you know what that reminds me of? Of this story of this guy. He was a black dude that he was walking up to his apartment in New York or something. And this drunk lady, this was from a while back. She's just like, where's your key? And he's like, excuse me. And she's like. I just want to make sure that you actually live here. And he tries to like get into the building because he lives there. And now he's mad because there's this like white lady that's just for no reason make, asking him for proof that he lives yeah. there. So what would you do? Wouldn't you just push through? Excuse me. Yeah, I'd be like, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, you wouldn't show her the key, right? Y'all yeah. wouldn't show her the key, right? You just push through. And so she's, no, I'm not letting you in here. And I've been loving watching the Karen videos because they all have the same mindset. Did you see the Victoria's Secret Karen? No. Oh, is this the one that was like a teacher too? Yes. Oh my God. David, you watched that, right? It's so bad. It is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And like, you know, I was I was streaming it and I was talking about it and people were like, Bose, this woman is obviously having a mental health breakdown. I stopped the video. I was like, absolutely not. This is not a mental health breakdown. This is a temper tantrum that is consciously being thrown by an adult. She is using emotion to manipulate the people around her into getting sympathy. People think if they yell and scream and cry loud enough that it'll that the focus will be on calming the person down instead of what they did. And sometimes it works. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like people want to throw the, the, the mental health thing out all the time, like mm-hmm. in those like manipulative situations. Right. Because it's so weird, because if you try to apply that in other situations, it, it doesn't seem to work. Like, for example, like with Simone, four time Olympic champion. Right. She takes a, this break for a mental break and shit. But they're like, oh, that's not an excuse. Wait, fill me in on that because I wasn't. So, on- you know, Simone. I don't want to mispronounce her last name. Biles. 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 Simone Biles. Biles. Right. So she was supposed to compete. Um and she said she just can't do it. I don't know the, the specific. I'm pretty sure there's more stuff that came out later on. But she wanted to take a mental break. She's like, she can't do it. Yeah. And so people started ripping into her on Twitter and social media platforms saying, like, you're letting your team down. It's selfish. You're weak. How can you call oh. a four-time oh. Olympic gold medalist weak? 
who the fuck do you think you are? Talentless critics. That's exactly. what it is. Like, really, truly. It's amazing. Right? It's, it's amazing. But the funny thing is, like, you go back to that Karen video, right? Mm-hmm. But mental health is an excuse for her. This person who's a fucking degenerate. Oh, oh my God. That's so true. Big facts, David. And that hurts me. Right? But I just, I'm like, do people see themselves in certain people? And because they can't see themselves in Simone Biles, they don't want to empathize for her? Yeah. You know? It, it Like... People are realizing how powerful their words are and how they can just say the right thing and just get whatever they want. And it's not really even what they mean half the time anymore. Yeah. And by the way, too, Sunny Lee, also on our team, won fucking gold. So it's all good. Really? Oh, okay. It's weird because people look at this Olympic team as if Simone Biles is the only talented person on that whole fucking team. There Mm -hmm. are other people on that team that can stand the fuck up. It's a team thing. So what are you talking about right now? It's ridiculous. Like people were going in on it. They called her lazy. Like, bro. okay, imagine, and this is why I like I try to envision sometimes. Imagine this Twitter person that's like, you're lazy, ungrateful, un-American. I'm sure that came out at some point. And they they picture themselves having a one-on-one conversation with Simone Biles. But now imagine you're having that one-on-one conversation with her in person, but the whole Olympic team is lined up there too. And they're listening to you bitch out Simone, but they're like, excuse me, sir, we we're here. We we've been training all year. Like we got this. Yeah. And they're like not even thinking about who the fuck are you fighting for? Like who? You're not fighting for the team. You're not fighting for Simone. You're not fighting. Like, what is this for? It's for you. Also, isn't too, it? why are you guys acting like you actually give a fuck about the Olympics? Mm-hmm. Like, you ne- like, you've never talked about the Olympics all year like, at all. Yeah. None of these sports. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it's super important to you. Like, calm the fuck down. That's the thing about the internet, right? Like, everybody feels like they have to have an opinion about something at all times. And you really don't. Sometimes you could just. Shut the fuck up. You just close the window. Just close <laughs> just close the browser window. The- I don't I don't understand. It's like you make a conscious choice to either exit out of this or type a whole bunch of words that I don't want to read. <laughs> oh. Uh- I don't, dude, I don't really get I think because I have a smaller audience, I don't really get a whole lot of um crazy stuff in my world but like occasionally i read some dumb shit like i had a guy the other day that was defending a guy that killed four people in a supermarket and he goes on this whole thing about like you know people have mental health problems this guy didn't know how to reach out first of all you're defending a killer and then the second line was him talking about how adolf hitler was misunderstood and i was like okay Okay. we're (laughs) we're done i'm just you know what i did i closed the window yeah that's, that's exactly what I did. I don't agree with this person. I close the window. I go make food. I do some sit-ups. I touch grass. I go outside. Well, yeah. Well, it's because a lot of the times when you when you get to control what you have in your world, people say you're weak. They go, oh, my God, you're so weak. What are you, scared? It's like, or I could just click <laughs> and move the fuck on. Oh, my gosh. Or like, oh, you. <laughs> that reminds me, too, of like. You probably haven't seen this too, too much, but have you seen the people on Twitter when they get really mad about a situation and the creator either glazes over it or their response isn't good enough? Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, address it. <laughs> I see it all over because I'm on Twitch a lot. It's all over the Minecraft communities. And there will be like a little thing that somebody apologized for like two years later. And they're like, address it. Oh, and my I, God. That's I, hilarious. That's. I, I'm sorry, but address it is just, it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, people are just mad entitled to like your personal information, you know? I think something that blew my mind was, so there was a YouTube scandal about three years ago that really, really blew up. I don't want to be like too specific about what it was, but it was about like somebody like leaving this group. 
And there was all this stuff swirling about why it happened. And I was reading some of it. And then one day I'm chilling with some people that are kind of in the YouTube sphere. And they're like, oh, do you know why so-and-so left? And my nosy ass is like, no, why, why'd they leave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I, I get, they start telling me and I'm just like, really? No way. I don't believe that. And I'm like, yeah. They give me more details and more and more details. Not a fucking trace of what actually happened was ever online. And I, I was just eating it all up, like trying to see, does anyone know? Does it, I mean, it may be now, but like for months and months after that. And that was the moment that I knew we don't know shit about what happens behind closed doors with these things. Never. There's there's NDAs, there's alliances, there's secrecy, there's, you know, people have dirt on other people. So, you know, certain people don't want to say something. Somebody kind of starts a war and then the other person knows this could end really badly. And then one person has the common sense to pull out, whereas other people might like persevere. I'm not talking about anything specific. I'm yeah. talking about YouTube in general. Look, motherfuckers, in general. Yeah. <laughs> but like truly, I... that's what was mind-blowing to me is you never know what's going on. And the stuff that gets out into the public, holy shit, it's not even 20%. Like, we heard so much about, like, that Shane Dawson, Jeffree Star scandal and all that. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. Absolutely nothing. Like, and and the only reason some information started coming out to light was because there was a whole lawsuit and it's public information. And then people were getting these bits and pieces that didn't match up with the storyline they had created two years ago. And so, like... The I think the real interesting part of media is going to be when like people that do things and they're not under like NDAs and like non-disparagement and stuff like that, like end up like, well, they're not breaking it, but like people don't get contracted in that way. So then later on, people leave and they just start talking all this shit. Or when companies dissolve and the NDA is up and then all the people that are like involved in it or something like that, like, and not everyone's going to do that shit, but the really, really reckless people, oh, they absolutely will. And I'm going to watch every second. <laughs> I sure will. Yo, like, like I, when those family channel kids grow up, David, I'm watching every video. Look, I'm telling you, like, I know stuff about like, for example, I, I obviously I'm not going to say this person's name, but there was a person who was very, very famous on the internet. And this person just up and disappeared. Mm -hmm. Everybody had a theory about why this guy was gone Mm -hmm. all the time. Like this guy has gone. There's actually a a few people that I can name that you guys will never know this information because it's super personal or who this person is. But this person actually had a huge, huge mental breakdown. But all the all the theories completely off. Oh, yep. Completely off. Mm-hmm. And you know, me and only a select few people that know these individuals actually know what happened because we know their family. We're pretty close to them and they don't know about what, why they're gone, why they're missing. Like this one person like um, had a psychosis thing because uh, they found out that uh, this person was adopted. Really? Didn't fucking know. Their whole life didn't know. Wow. Adopted. And had no idea had, either. So just that sh- that shatters your entire reality. Had no fucking idea. Oh. Found out that um, he was pretty adamant about who, like, who's my mom? I want to know who my mom is, right? Yeah. Goes and finds out, finds out that he got adopted and he was let go uh, from his parents because his mom was uh, schizophrenic, like pretty severe. Wow. That, that is important to know for your genetics. That fucked him up. And it unlocked a little some, some shit in his fucking head. And he went fucking nuts. Oh, my God. Thought that God was calling. The whole story is so crazy. I'm not going to give too much stuff out. But let's just say this. At a certain point, 
he thought that he was talking to God. And so he was having these weird like conversations, thought he was talking to God, went butt naked, climbed up a fucking mountainside, right? And I'm talking about like the mountainsides where yeah. like cars are going through and shit, gets fucking hit by a car, like a deer in the middle of the night oh because he was screaming, calling for God, saying that God is calling him to the mountain. Hits him, breaks almost every fucking bone in his fucking body. This podcast is brought to you by Liquid Death. Have you ever walked into one of your local stores and noticed a random tall boy beer in the water bottle section? Well, it was probably Liquid Death, and it's not beer, you fucking dummies. It's fresh-ass spring water. I love the sparkling water, especially when I'm at a party and I just be pretending to drink a beer because these dummies don't know that it ain't beer, baby. It's fresh-ass Liquid Death, son, and I specifically... Love the sparkling water. If you're wondering why Liquid Death is called Liquid Death, by the way, they actually are trying to bring death to plastic water bottles. Plastics aren't as recyclable as people think. And a majority of the bottles you recycle end up in a landfill because it's not profitable for these receiving plants. Now, check it out. Basically, what's going to happen is that it incentivizes them so it guarantees these companies will recycle the dope aluminum can that Liquid Death is in. So to all my brain farts, get free shipping on all water and merch at liquiddeath.com slash brain. That's liquiddeath.com slash brain or grab some at Whole Foods and 7-Eleven. Like, Jesus. And then everyone was like, I wonder if he's taking a break. Because- <laughs> that their favorite YouTubers on top of a mountain with like two fucking limbs hanging on. Yeah, it's like this motherfucker almost died uh, because he had a schizophrenic episode because he found out he was adopted and his mom was a schizophrenic. Yeah, and dude, and and like, and it's not even, it's not even roasting y'all for like not knowing every detail. I get nosy about some YouTube shit and I know that I don't know every detail. Frenemies, okay? You watch that fallout. How, okay, how much, what percentage of the real frenemies fallout do you think we really know? You're talking about frenemies uh, with it. with Trisha Paytas and uh, H3H3. Oh, that's right. Frenemies. I only glanced over it a little bit, but I saw the clip of them arguing yeah. on the thing. And all I know, the only thing I know is uh, I know a little bit about Trisha because there was a video of, of her. I don't know. She had like an OnlyFans or something. She was yeah. making and she had the worst tit job I've ever seen in my life. But that's oh the only God. thing I remember of her. Dude, that that was so I heard, yo, I heard that they were making like thirty, forty thousand dollars an ad. And Dude, she easy. walked away. And not to mention the channel monetization, three, four million views, y'all. That is wild. And she still she walked away from it. Like, and I mean, like, yo, I always love when someone's a real ass person and will walk away from money to, you know, be true to themselves. But I do anything for a hundred thousand dollars a month. Let me tell you okay, something. Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you something. You cut could. that money in half. <laughs> I'll suck dick. Like let's go, let's go. I don't There's give a, a fuck. I could hate you for life. Yo. I could. I could look at you with disgust. And somebody says every ad we're getting thirty G's. You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Yeah. You're my best friend. And I, yo, I. That was wild. But like, David, if you weren't all caught up on that, they had multiple hour long hours of videos explaining the TikToks, other people joining in all this stuff about frenemies, this frenemies, this. But y'all got to understand, like when when somebody is putting out their commentary on a situation, let's be honest, they're going to drive the narrative they want. They're ne- Do you trust any content creator to drive a 100 percent truthful, honest narrative that doesn't just serve them? Because, oh. yeah, what I found out in this sphere is that uh, the normal rules don't apply. 
When you get into some kind of issue with a person, it's no longer you and I have an issue. It's our brands have an issue. And now this issue is tied to my money. It's tied to my ego and it's tied to my future. And I will not back down. And that's the attitude that I encounter. And a lot of people on Twitch, it's ha- I see that shit a lot. Mm. I have completely almost separated from Twitch groups. But, you know, YouTube groups, I yo, David, you know, I've been through some shit in this sphere. Like yeah. I, one of the biggest lessons I taught myself is to never join a preformed group again. Um, because like, and I, like, I'll be honest, you know, the past ones I was in, those people had relationships over five or seven years. Another group, people had relationships for five years and plus, and I'm just now coming into it. I'm fresh new meat and I'm a very opinionated, ambitious person. And when you're new into something like that, you have to keep your head down. You have to keep your head down. You have to keep your individuality to a minimum. And I just can't do that shit. But now, if I'm making $100,000 a month. That's different. That's different. I'll shut the fuck up. I'll shut the fuck up. I'll take 100K. I I don't talk. I'll read the script. Just hand me the script. I (laughs) won't talk. You just tell me what you need me to say. But David, for 50K, I wouldn't do it. For 50K? No, I wouldn't do it. Half that money, half it again. No, you (laughs) say. David said, hand me the script. Hand me the fucking script. Hand me the script. (laughs) I'll be quiet. I'll say whatever. It's like, David, you have to apologize for everything that you've done. 100K, let's go. I am sorry. I am so sorry for everything. (laughs) I'm sorry. I think I might have talked about this a while ago, but I remember hearing, um, because I used to work on a lot of like podcasts like back in the day and like ad sales and touring. I remember hearing that sometimes people needed like group therapists that go with them like on tour. There's a very... I feel like I think this is actually written online, so I think I can say it. I think I read an article one time that Metallica didn't get along for the last decade or two. And so they had a a person that was like a counselor that if there were disputes, they had to mediate shit while they were on the road. But these people stick together and ride it out for the money. But my minimum is 100K. That's correct. You know what's so interesting? Do it. You know what the most interesting thing about the whole frenemies thing is? Is that I found out that Ethan is still in his 30s. That... <laughs> My shock there, I mean, like, it's so you know, bad. He, I think he's like 34, 33. No. Look that shit I'm up right now. Look, look it up, up on your phone, uh, his, his age. Oh, okay. Wait, Get take a guess. Write it in the comments. <laughs> All right. Like, I swear. I Wait, sw- I'm going to guess real quick. No, dude, there's no, I'm going to say 36. I think he's like 34 or 35. I like, he's I, young. He's young. He's he's thirty six on the nose, he's, baby. He's young as but fuck. just turned thirty six. Just that, and he he is. He's younger than Barton Joe. Yeah, really, dude. Barton Joe thirty seven. Holy shit! Yeah, I really don't know everything going on with these groups. I can't believe they're that old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> I thought he was in his like late forties, like Ethan. No, I would have said early 40s, but still, like, I I mean, I don't know. But it's also, but it's not, like, just based on, like, appearance or something like that. It's based on a lot of the stuff he's accomplished and what he gets into and the business moves he makes. I'm always just off appearance. This guy looks old as fuck. Damn, dude. I, yeah, I would have thought, I definitely would have thought he was a lot older because they run, they do a lot of business stuff. They do a lot, yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't learn for the longest time. Um, So when I first kind of got into the YouTube sphere, I was in Smosh, so I was used to big views, big advertisements, big this, go big, go try to go viral, da 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 da, big numbers. And for the longest time, I didn't realize how many content creators get, you know, a decent amount of like views and they're running all these different businesses and things like that. Like they're making appearances, they're doing podcasts, they're like, you have like food businesses and stuff like that. You're doing like all these deals and doing all this, but like sm- even smaller people, they run all these multiple things. 
and they do really well. Yeah. Whereas it's wild to me that a lot of times, and I, I mean, I used to do it too. People will look at somebody's viewership and be like, your channel is failing. But they don't understand that it's because this person has all this other stuff going yeah. on. The, the, the influencer culture is kind of becoming like an entrepreneur culture if you know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Like, I, I think it's it's about who's a lot more smarter with their shit, and then who's not, right? Mm-hmm. So, I know certain people who numbers aren't that great, but they don't give a fuck because right. they they when they were popping, they've already established themselves, and they can literally do whatever the fuck that they want. And that's the level that I'm trying to get on. It's like, okay, I'm I've done so well to the point yeah. where I'm literally going to cancel myself. <laughs> because that is how I retire. I'll cancel myself, boost the views on all my other videos. And, and then it's funny because the public sits there and they're like, oh, you fell off. Oh, you're irrelevant. Oh, this. And it's, I, this was funny. I saw somebody, because remember I said I'm really into like the Twitch and Minecraft sphere. All the drama I've seen over there, David, you wouldn't believe it. You would have a breakdown. But I saw this Minecraft kid that had like 20,000 followers or so, but she had a really popular fan base and she was getting like, Five or 6,000 likes on each one of her tweets. And she posted, wow, never thought I'd see the day that my tweets get more likes than Jeffree Star. And she like posted the screen cap. And I was like, bitch, he makes a million dollars a week. You, you, when you make a million dollars a week with your four 5,000 likes, you come back here. You come back. But isn't it sad what the, what their value of themselves is, is based on tweets. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I am now a valuable person. Oh, it's like, oh honey, you gonna realize <laughs> when you get all them likes and you still hate yourself in a year, you gonna learn. <laughs> that's well, that's the thing too. Like you, that's why you see now a lot of creators, they come in hot and they disappear real fast. Mm-hmm. They can't handle this shit. Number one is because they thought that they wanted to be famous. They thought being famous is a goal in life and it's not. Yeah. Being famous is not a goal. It's no. like, what are you creating? What is your what is your future? What are your next steps? And this space too, people envy fame. Like what the fuck is so dope about fame? Mm. Like you have no privacy at all. Everything that you do is fucking scrutinized. People yes. hate you one day. They love you the next. You have to have enough mental clarity and strength to withstand that on a daily fucking basis. What is so great about fame? The cool thing about being famous is the the that should be the effect that you have after you do something great. Mm-hmm. You are recognized for doing something that you truly like and care about. When you do stuff just for fame, you end up like that person. Right. Where you tweet something as fucking sad as I never thought that one day my tweets oh. would get more than Jeffree oh. Star. Oh, my God. That made me – that one made me – I was like, oh, <laughs> my sweet summer child. Jeffree Star was in a lot of controversy too, right? Yeah. Oh, but I mean – Honestly, he stepped away from all of it and said, I'm getting a farm. I'm getting a yak. He literally bought a but I swear to God, this makeup billionaire guru. Oh, well, he's probably not a billionaire, but I mean, not that far off. This definitely one of the richest YouTubers. I mean, yeah, he said, fuck all this. I'm out. I'm going to go buy a farm in Wyoming and get a bunch of yaks. And he really does. Like, post on his Instagram now. These are all my beautiful yaks. Get the fuck out yep. of here. Uh-huh. See, he's living the life that that's Done. like some Dave Chappelle shit. And then meanwhile, some 17-year-old Minecrafter is comparing themselves like they're better than Jeffree Star. And I'm like, you c- come on. Come this motherfucker on. cashed out. I, I think, you know, what you were saying before, it's like, why do people envy famous people or why do they want to be famous? 
I remember, and I, I might have talked about this on Genius Brain before, but when I first kind of started getting into this, I wanted to be popular because I thought that if a lot of people liked me, then I would like myself. Or like, it was like, ooh, I get to show everyone, look at all these people that like me. But it does nothing for you because the reality of it is when you get to a certain level, you're no longer a person. You're an entity. They call it the entitization of content creators. So you are behind the surface, whereas you have this other kind of internet persona that's like a heightened version of yourself. And everyone loves that persona or they hate it but you're a different person. So you're not even feeling all that love that you thought you were going to get because it doesn't feel real. And I've, you know, I've dealt with that. I've definitely felt that a lot that sometimes I'm just an entity. That's why I love being on like shows like yours or like going on like, you know, some of my homies shows. I just go on like for free and chill because I like being myself sometimes. Yeah. You know, Um, that's the hard thing too. Uh, It gets to the point too, where a lot of influencers don't, they don't even know what themselves is. Like they don't, like who the fuck are you? Yeah. And then, uh, so this is something that happens with the Minecrafters. You would probably find this really interesting. There are these Minecraft kids that join, like, they'll be like, you know, they might have 50,000 followers. Then one day they join a huge server. Like, do you know who Dream is? Mm -mm. He's a massive Minecraft YouTuber. He gets like, like 30 million views per video or something like that. God damn. Yeah. So he's got this Minecraft server. It's called like Dream SMP. And it's like the peak of Minecraft. Everyone that's on that channel is getting millions of views, like five to 30 million views. They're all popular. They have these rabid fan bases. And everyone dreams of being in this group. Well, I saw some people that recently got admitted and over less than a year, they all went up to 900,000 followers, a million followers on Twitter. But now they're locked into this huge, diverse brand of the only thing in common with these million people is I like Minecraft. They all have different opinions. They all want different content. They're all going to be different people in a year. They like different music. They like different outfits. They like different things. So now you have this massive platform with a million followers, but everyone fucking hates you randomly. Mm. Like it, 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 you can't control your audience. So when you reach that level of fame, you have no choice but to strip it down. You, you can't be yourself there. So then you feel confined to be this image that makes everybody happy. And those people I've noticed don't seem very happy. I would rather take the audience I have, which really isn't smaller. I have a very large audience, I feel like, for like what I do and what I've built. And oh, for I'm, sure. I'm very, very happy with my people are kind of like me because I didn't go for any crazy growth. I've never been anyone that I wasn't. And like, I, oh, oh my God, I just smiled a little bit thinking about my community. It's so nice. It's so <laughs> nice. You know, well, that's the cool thing, too, is like being and yours is probably kind of like that, too. Like being able to create content by being yourself. It's, it's a very good and strong foundation because no matter what you do, you just go back to the source, right? It's like, why am I doing this? It's because of this reason, because I know who I am. See, I definitely understand that that stage of like not knowing where you're at and where you want to go, right? Mm-hmm. That's a feeling that I fucking hate. I never want to feel that again. I know what I want in life. Like I want to just create and just do shit that makes me happy, right? Me too. So whenever like Bose wants to do something, she goes, you down? I was like, sounds fun. If it sounds fun, I'm down. That's really about it. I don't really need much incentives after that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just, I just need to enjoy the fucking process. And that's all I fucking need right now. And the hard part too, once again, when we talk about that idea of fucking identity, 
when you don't know who you are, you always bend to everybody else's will, no matter where you fucking go. Yes. And you become this fucking sorry ass people yes. pleaser and nobody can fucking trust you. Nobody knows mm-hmm. who the fuck you are. Because you don't know what you want. So you don't know what to look, what opportunities to look for. Yeah. That, that is something that I noticed about myself. I recently started traveling. Like after I got my vaccines, I, I usually do my streams on Sundays and Mondays. Watch my stream. Sundays and Mondays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so then Tuesdays through Saturday, I had free time. So I just started traveling. I just started buying a one-way ticket somewhere. I get a hotel room somewhere and just have fun. I went to Florida. I went to San Diego. I went to Napa Valley. I went to Virginia. I went to New York. And I loved the freedom to travel and do whatever the fuck I wanted. And I said, oh my God, how do I continue to keep up this lifestyle? Well, I need to make enough money to do it. And I need to always have an open and flexible schedule. And now that I know what I want, every opportunity I seek has to give me an open and flexible schedule. And it has to give me enough money to do the things that I want. I don't need this much. I just need, you know, this much. And because I know the direction I want to go, I'm able to seek out those opportunities. If you don't know where you're going or who you are, everything's just going to keep passing you by. Because you're going to be like, is that it? Hello, my friends, my wonderful brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by IP Vanish. If you don't know what a virtual private network is, that means you are browsing the internet not in a safe manner. People, web snoopers are all up in your business. And I'm not judging anything you do while you're looking online, but that's your business and your data. IP Vanish will help you circumvent any online censorship and get protection when using public Wi Fi. So basically, nobody can see what you're doing online as it should be. So go to ipvanish.com slash brain, claim your 65% savings. Their annual plan is just $44.99 for the first year with our exclusive discount. This is the time to sign up with our discount and their current promotion. You can get a VPN for 65% off the usual offering. IP Vanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews. Remember, it's ipvanish.com slash brain to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. Is that it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that it? And you just don't know. But whereas like when you see something that you like, you're like, yeah, I want that. Yeah, I want that. And I do that same shit. And like, Isn't that crazy though? Do you ever like take a step back and just look at how your life is right now? And then you go back to Bose of 10 years ago. Like, could you imagine your life being like this? And, you know, I was talking about, we were just talking about this off, off the podcast, which is something that, you know, I really resonate with now is that when you see people in life who have worked hard for what they have now, they are the most grateful people. Mm. When you are given things and you never had to work for it, it's hard to be grateful for. You see these like in celebrity kids all the time, right? Mm-hmm. They they kind of just have things and then you see them, how, how reckless they are with all the stuff that are given to them because it's just a given. They never had to work for it. Yeah. There's nothing for them to look back and reflect and say, oh, you know what? Like the David of 10 years ago is so different now and the things that I didn't have before, I have now. Right. And it makes me feel really good. Like just even something small. I got a swing on a tree outside. (laughs) Yo, let me tell you. So your boy never had a a swing on a tree before. Yo, sometimes we do little things for our inner child, our old self. And it feels fucking good. It feels great. Yeah. I do stuff for little me all the time. Like, what you want? What you want, little (laughs) Bose? You want this? You want this keyboard? You want this piano? Let me get two, baby. <laughs> Let me get two keyboards. Yeah. You don't even know how to play it at all. I don't give a fuck. Well, that's why I bought all these shoes when I first started making money because I was so fucking poor. Everybody around me that were drug dealers and shit were having all this nice shit. I couldn't sell drugs. I was too much of a pussy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to sell drugs so fucking bad, and I would have been so fucking good. You really did because your toe went. Oh, I would have been so fucking good at selling drugs. That's actually, you know, I don't have much regrets. One of my biggest regrets. 
I should have sold so drugs. At least once. Yeah, I should have. I just wanted to do it because the way they were doing it, the system was all fucked up. They weren't maximizing their profits. I'm like, you guys suck ass. And you're getting high on your own supply. I would have been so fucking good. Yeah, dude. I never I never sold drugs either. You would have been great. I just gave them away. I was <laughs> The worst drug dealer ever. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I remember too, like wanting all Non-profit these shoes. Non-profit drug dealer. <laughs> Sorry, that's so dumb. Your fucking handler hates you. It's like, what the fuck? Where's my split? It's like, I just gave it away. I just gave it away. I thought we were selling happiness. He was having a bad day, man. Sometimes people are people, man. Smoke this. <laughs> you would have been killed so fast. Oh my, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, used, I just bought all these fucking Jordans. I remember because like as a kid, I wanted these fucking shoes and it felt good. Then I found out that material shit don't even make me that happy. <laughs> yeah, but you have to experience it to know. Mm-hmm. You really do. And, and you know, I uh, when I first, like last year, I moved into a really nice apartment. Nice ass place. Yes. Okay. And I, you know, it's kind of expensive, but you kind of have your own non-negotiables. And like, I learned that I don't spend a lot of money on like clothes or like um, just like certain things. I just don't. Uh, I spend my money on travel in my environment, but it's because I need to wake up every day and know that my life is different than it was five years ago. If you don't make those upgrades, if you if big things happen in your life, you get a $30,000, you know, raise or something like that, or you move to a new job, and you get that because look, ain't nobody just giving out $30,000 these days. You know what I mean? But I wish. When, yeah, when big things happen in your life, you want to change the environment and the scenery to show yourself that things have changed. So when you bought all those shoes, you got to look at them and be like, oh, this is a new David. And then you also slowly got to be like, I don't really need this anymore. Let me go make a new goal because otherwise you're going to sit there wishing for it. Let me ask you this though. Yeah. Do you ever feel guilt when you buy shit? Um, sometimes I'll be spending a lot of money, David. <laughs> Some, yo, I, what, what is that? Dude, sometimes I just be swiping the, you know, I got that, you know, I got that heavy Amex, bro. Some, Giraffe. Don't mind if I do. I, I really be, I be spending some money, David, but I, sometimes I do it because like I'll, I'll go on a trip and spend a couple grand, but then I'll come back and bust my ass and book stuff that I wouldn't normally book and then make all that money back times too. Whereas if I didn't spend it, I would have just said no and laid in bed. So like. You're I, fucking funny. Yo, do you, is that crazy of me? I feel mad guilt when I buy shit. Like, oh, I feel none, David. <laughs> I feel none. In fact, I, you know, as I pulled up, I just gave somebody my card and I was like, oh, swipe it while I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Rack it up. <laughs> no, I feel mad guilt. Like, I feel like this weird thing of like, when I buy something, like I'm, I'm about to, well, this is also for work too, but I'm going to Hawaii in a couple of weeks, right? And I feel guilty. Like, I'm looking for like the cheapest hotel that barely has Woo! any air, air conditioning running. No, and then no. I'm like, you know what? You're just going to sleep there anyways. You're going to go out. And then I feel this like mad fucking guilt that I'm that I even have the opportunity to buy things that I feel like I know I deserve. But at the same time, I feel like I don't deserve. It's weird. Like, I feel guilt whenever I buy something new. I feel guilty unless there's a utilitarian purpose for it. Right. So I'll buy these chairs. Right. These chairs are really fucking nice. But it's for the podcast. So I feel better. Like if I do something for my soul, like for my mental health, I feel like you fucking bitch. How dare you? <laughs> I, see, you're wild for that. I actually just recently, one of the other projects I'm working on is music. I've been working on music for like uh, a hot minute. I think I probably even, I feel like I had to have talked about it at some point here. But um, I just finally got hooked up with these really awesome like Grammy nominated producers. 
they told me how much a track is going to be. And I was like, great, let me get two. And this shit's very expensive, but it's my passion project. It's for me. It's for my inner child. It's knocking it off the bucket list. And that to me is hey, invaluable. This bitch balling as fuck. Yo, let me just tell you, that was the what? most baller sentence I've ever heard of my life. What do you life. mean? This bitch said, I just met some Grammy nominated producer. <laughs> I said, how many tracks you got to swipe it? Oh this bitch is flexed on me super hard. Let me tell you my situation. It would have been like this. I met some two Grammy, Grammy nominated producers. They're like, how much is this? I said, hold on. Let me hit up my homies first. See how much they cost. <laughs> let me see. Y'all take royalties. I I said, no, let me own. I want to own everything on it. What kind of music you you about to do? Industrial doom metal. Bitch, what the fuck <laughs> is that? This girl odd as fuck. By the way, before she came here, she was like, David, I'm about to eat some chicken skin in my bed. I'll hit you back up. eat chicken skin in her bed and then head over. Yo, who the fuck says that? Because that's what I was doing. I was like, yo, let me eat this chicken skin real quick and then I'm going to be... Who the fuck only eats chicken skin? This bitch rich. That's that's rich people shit. Really? Chicken skin's cute? It's a little bit garlic on it? That's either poor people shit or rich people shit. Yeah, we have no idea. That's, that's, that's one, one of the other. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those. No middle class motherfucker only eats chicken skin. Either you broke as fuck or you rich as hell. Yeah, and then also the in bed part. It's like, I have no idea of this woman's status. <laughs> I was like, yo, is she depressed? Like, what's going on? No, I'm living my best life, dude. I know. It's just the sentence is so fucking odd. What is, what do you call it? Doom scrap metal? What the fuck was doom, it? Doom, uh, so, okay. Here's my thing, David. I, okay, this is going to sound so corny, but like it really is a pattern. A lot of the stuff that I've done in my career that has worked out really well has been very innovative. I am I think I'm pretty sure I'm the first true crime live streamer pretty much ever that's been doing it for this long and, and had some success in it. The genre does not exist. After I, I've been doing it for about five years now, it just picked up about three months ago. <laughs> it's so funny. It really kind of blew up on Twitch around June. Uh, doing some true crime live streaming, random people picking it up. But back in February, LiveWire posted an article that said how Erica Bozeman claimed true crime on Twitch. I've been in this bitch for a minute, you know? When I see a hole in the market, I want to fill it. So for example, to me, and this is going to sound so boring, but I'm just going to tell you how my brain works. To me, doom metal is a type of music that involves like these kind of mathematical riffs that are really interesting on the guitar. And they resonate very well with people that have ADHD because you never know what the next note is going to be. It's an older style of music. It was really popular around like the 80s, a sludge metal, and then around the like late 90s, early 2000s. That genre of music doesn't really exist anymore, but there's something about those riffs. So to modernize it, I want to take that old style of music and turn it into an industrial format, which would be more of like that electronic sound, that kind of thing. This sound doesn't really exist right now, and I want to create it. And I, I love to do stuff like that because I have a vision. Um, and my goal, honestly, David, I don't know if you're the same way about this. My goal is to entertain people. I love it. It is my ultimate passion that people enjoy what I'm putting out. Seeing commercial success in an idea I have is something that truly fuels me. And to see people happy and enjoying it, it's all I fucking care about. It's never been about me. It's always been about, did you like it? Okay, great. I'm going to keep going. And so my goal is to always create new, unique experiences that people love. And I'm always coming up with new ideas. Damn, you're fucking intense. Man. I am intense. You know, I know. You, you know what it is? No, but that's a really good thing. Because I, I I talk about this too when people say like, how do you become successful in entertainment? Like that's the attitude that you, you love really what need. you do. You, you need that attitude. Mm -hmm. I sadly don't have that. Like I, 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 I don't. Because I'm more like, I'm doing this for me. You don't like it. You're fucking dumb. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, which yeah. is 
you know, it's a good and a bad thing. Right. You, you know what I mean? Because it kind of keeps my sanity. But that you're way. naturally so entertaining on a massive level, you know, so it works out. But I have some of those vibes, too, about like, I'm going to be me. Fuck you. But like, I, I I'm going to I don't know. You it's, definitely think some next level shit because also too, like the you're like five foot nothing. But the amount of knowledge in that little cranium of yours it's so nice fucking me. ridiculous. Like, I, just, I don't know how you store shit in that fucking head of yours. You make me feel dumb. You know, because <laughs> you're. I bet you read everything on a page, don't you? You know what I do? I go. I read something. I go three word, three word, skip ten sentences, three word, three, and then I forget all the details. But you know what, David? I I hope you can also see like why that mentality has caused me so many problems in my life. Because when I, especially if I hop on a project with somebody or I'm doing something, I'm looking so far ahead that I'm annoying, okay? In a group setting, I'm not going to lie. That shit is probably annoying because I got ideas and I'm like telling you why it's a good idea or like, you know, something like that. And I get it. But when I'm working in my own world, I get to do everything and I get to call these shots and I don't have to prove to anyone whether something's going to work or not. I just do it and then well, it works. At, but, but look at your level it. of success though. Like it's some people just function better on their own. I have yeah. not, I have not been a group project person very well unless I'm taking a back 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 seat. I'll show up, I'll do my job, you guys do whatever, I'll walk away. That's yeah. why JK News always worked well for me. I didn't have to do shit. I just walked up. Yep. I did joke joke joke, made it really fun and I walked off. If it required for me to think about the future of the business, then we have a different situation because then it's like there might be some headbutting. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's why I have my own thing. I, I continue to do my own brand. I continue to do everything else because I need my space where I can create where nobody else can fucking hold me down. Yeah. Because it's exhausting. It really is. And and you have a vision and you're very individualistic. And, and something, pe- thing, uh, something people don't really talk about is when you're in a group, you lose some of your individualism. Of because course. Because you have to – you have to walk in that unit. And oof, when I feel my individualism leaving me, I feel just trapped. I feel scared. I feel an angry, annoyed. But I think that's also why we work well together. Because like even with the shows and stuff, y'all better come to our shows. You you kind of let me take the lead on it. But also you trust me and you see that I know what I'm doing. Like I've booked these shows before. Like I know how all this stuff works. And you're just like, yeah, do it. I'll show up. And I'm like, Thank you. You know, like I. Well, there has to be a level of trust, right? Like if it was some person that I didn't know, I know you now. I've known you for years. I know that when you want to do something, you make shit happen. I I know that I don't have to worry. Right. Uh So it's like, okay, if Bose is passionate about this shit and she needs it, she just needs to tell me what she needs from me. I'll get it done. Because at this point, because we're friends, I also know that I don't want to fail you. So if you get something done, I'm going to work just as hard as my end just mm-hmm. to make sure that it happens. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I, like I said, it has to be fun. Yeah. And if I'm not making it fun, then it's not going to fucking work. So if you're going to, if you brought the project to me and I'm, and you're like, hey, this is what it's going to be. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like I'm Dude. done. You've already shown. You've already shown what you can do. So what's the point? Why am I going to sit here and try to like crunch numbers with you? It's like. Why? Yeah, yeah. And like for what? And Dave's just like, yeah. You know what I love? I love when like whenever we start a genius brand show, we kind of like dabble in different topics. And then when we find the right one, we're just all in. <laughs> like for the past 20 minutes, I've been like, David. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm wondering if they can see that too. Like when we get really into the zone, you know? Oh, 100%. And you know what the thing is too? It's like um, pe- people sometimes ask us like, yo, why don't you bring like certain people onto the podcast? It's like, well- 
Because podcasting, too, is also an art form. Conversation is a fucking art form. Mm -hmm. Just because some people have interesting things that happen to them doesn't mean that they're very good at telling those stories. So you've had some bad guests. Man, let me (laughs) fucking tell you. And listen, I have no fucking problem after the podcast is over saying like, hey, most likely this is not going to go up. You're kidding me. Yeah, I probably trashed over like 30 or 40 podcasts. And I've it was in the beginning. Because I know like personal friends and stuff, and they're like, yo, I want to try the podcasting thing but out. Wait, so you said before, if you don't like it, you don't like it, but you do care about like how people oh, tune it. I didn't like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You didn't. Because like I got it. bored. Like I'm falling asleep yeah. as this person speaking. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this was boring as shit. Like, even I didn't give a fuck about it. And but then what happened was like I would start telling their story for them. It's like, then why are you here? Yeah. Like I could just do it with another guest and tell your story. God. So it's just like that's the other thing too. It's like where everybody feels like they could do what somebody else does sometimes. And it's true. You can, but you can't be disrespectful in that kind of sense. Like it takes some skill. Like I, when I first started podcasting, I'm way, I'm a way better podcaster now than I was when I first started. Yeah. I'm a lot more concise. I slow down the way that I say things. I could elaborate more. I'm a better storyteller than I was. And I thought I was a good storyteller. Yeah. You're different than you were a couple of years ago. Cause I remember like when we did one of our first ones, these, and I mean, it was good. It was great. Yeah. Of course. But like your conversation is like really, really like great. Yo, did I tell you? Did I, t- I told you about when I met Joe Rogan, right? This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp, my genius farts. If you haven't focused on your mental health, what are you waiting for? You are tense. You are cooped up. There are so many things that you need to sort out in your head because you pushed it aside for so long. And I used to be just like you. Well, you have to hop on BetterHelp because I'm telling you right now, mental health and the help that you need is right around the corner. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Therapist. You don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and you can message your counselor at any time while setting up weekly video phone sessions. It's super convenient and more importantly, allows you to be in your own safe and comfortable environment. I've used BetterHelp and it was a dope experience and I still use it till this day. So give it a try. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, my friends and my genius brain listeners, my lovely genius farts. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash genius. So visit betterhelp.com slash genius and get that 10% off and work on that mental health, my friends. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash genius. You met Joe Rogan? I thought I told you about no, this. No, bitch. You yes. didn't fucking tell me you met but- Joe Rogan. Hey, let me tell you something about this girl, right? <laughs> she be over here fucking meeting everybody I love and I'm over here just in my so room no, just jacking off doing jack shit. because I invited you to that Dave Chappelle show the other night and you know okay. what? And guess, guess, guess who was there bartending? Tiffany Haddish. Where okay. the fuck were you? Hold on a second. Where were you? This bitch called me. I was drunk as fuck. I could yeah. not make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I'm just saying, look, I, I invited was, him. I did two podcasts back to back. I was blasted. Like I, not, I could not make it. I was like, listen, I was sitting there and I was talking to Mario. I'm like, listen, it's, it's like 12. I, I need to see these people. She goes, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> like in my mind, I thought I, I was saying coherent sentences. It's so weird. And she was like, you're not going anywhere. And I'm like, you're probably right. That's that's fair. That's absolutely fair. But okay, well, okay. So I met Yeah, she invited me though. So I did. I did I invited I invited David girl, to a 200 person private ah! Chappelle show. Like and guess who? You know what? Can I say this? Nah, maybe not. I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess I can. You know who popped up? Who? And came on stage and sang a song? Who? Stevie Wonder. Just. You're fucking lying to me right now. Nope. You're, you're saying shit right now to I'm me not. to fuck me up. I'm not. Hey. And I invited you to that show. Let me tell you something. I invited you to that show. Why? 
I invited you. Fuck is going on? Are you fucking serious? I invited you. I sure did. So me- next time. But anyways, okay. So I got to tell you about the <laughs> So that was in LA, okay? But that was in LA. Like, what was it? Like a Thursday or Friday night or something like that. So the week prior to that, Chappelle was doing a whole bunch of shows. He did the Joe Rogan shows and stuff like that. So I'm at this after party and someone introduces me to like Joe Rogan. He's standing there with uh, Tom Segura. They were cool as shit. They were really nice. And somehow I get to talking to Joe about like true crime or something. And we ended up talking for like 10 minutes and a couple minutes into it. I'm like, wait a minute. Does he actually like me or is he just really good at podcasting and he's podcasting in real life right now? Yeah. I think it was the second one. But it was definitely <laughs> nice because you're really good at this shit now too. But that's how he was. He literally, when he engaged, yo, when Joe Rogan engages in a conversation with you, you feel like he cares about every single word that he's saying to this day. I don't know if he cared. I would like to assume so, but my self-esteem says, no, Bose, he's just really good at his job. <laughs> That's fucking he's crazy. Good at, he's good. He's Even real good. Even more beyond Joe Rogan, fucking Stevie Wonder fucking performed. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, I was so nervous about whether I could see that, but I mean, like, I didn't sign anything. We just had to put our phones away. But yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Super, super cool. You weren't there. You weren't, David, you weren't. Next time, next time I invite you, you're going to come, right? I'm never drinking ever again. Never again. <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now? That dude. I just pictured Stevie Wonder and then me crying. <laughs> it was a whole lot I, going listen, on there, in there, one room. There are certain people that I meet. Like, listen, I don't get I don't get starstruck by a lot of celebrities, right? Honestly, if I met Dave Chappelle, starstruck. If I met Joe Rogan, starstruck. Mm-hmm. But that's starstruck here. There's people before I became an adult adult that affected me. And it's usually musicians like Brian McKnight, Stevie mm. Wonder. I meet Stevie Wonder. I will fix his eyes just so he could see my face. Oh That's my God, my- David! That is so dumb! But it's really funny. <laughs> David! Oh my God. Just so he could see me cry. David. Oh my God. But you know what? I think that's interesting you say that because I think that people like artists and i'm obviously stevie wonder's an artist dave is an artist when they instill emotion in us as especially as kids or teenagers or something man that bond is huge you know i know i met i did a video with sean stockman from boys to men still remember that shit to the till this day and i fucking i don't think i washed my hand for like a week because he shook my fucking hand dude and boys to men helped me through like getting dumped like sadness. Mm-hmm. Dude, you, I know so many boys to men just from one girl that dubbed me and Bright Midnight just because I had their music on fucking repeat. So like their shit affected me so much. Stevie Wonder, man. Over time, oh, Stevie. I've been building my castle of I can't, dude. I wish you were at that show with me now just so I could have seen you cry when he came out because none of us knew. I would have cried. You would have cried. I would have cried. Like, I feel myself about to cry just because you couldn't cry <laughs> I there. Would, I would have bawled my fucking eyes oh out. Oh my God. And then everybody's like, what the fuck is with this? Who invited this? I'm like, ah! That is, that is really, that is funny, dude. I, you know, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of who really affected me when I was growing up. And it's, this is the dumbest one. Some You're not going to even- crime person. I, lit- no, basically. So it was, have you ever seen the movie The Craft or heard of it? Mm-mm. It's a 90s movie with like these like witches that are in high school and they're all like kind of goth, right? Loved the movie when I was growing up. Always been a little goth, you know, whatever. And uh, Feruza Bulk was like a very popular um, 
she was uh, she was a celebrity that had, you know, mass appeal. Huh, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. She was like a BA-list celebrity that was up there. But she had this whole goth aesthetic. And I loved that she was accepted by Hollywood and she looked like that. And so that made me feel more comfortable to dress and do the things that I wanted to. And so that was kind of a role model for me as a kid. So as an adult, I remember one time I bought something from her store and then she followed me on Twitter or something. Like I tweeted something and then she followed me on Twitter. And I got so nervous, I blocked her so that she wouldn't unfollow me in the future because I knew it was coming. That is the most self-destructive thing I've ever heard in my life. What the fuck are David, you talking listen, about? Listen, no, it was called self-preservation. And this was four years ago. I don't really do stuff like that that much anymore. Self-preservation, my Yeah, ass. to preserve was- myself from having a fucking breakdown, David. In case she unfollows you and you die. Yeah. I, oh, oh, come on. If Brian McKnight followed you and then one day you posted something silly and he randomly unfollowed you, like, wouldn't it... Uh, <laughs> oh, that would kill me. Yeah. That would literally fucking kill me. Yeah, so why not rip the band-aid off yourself? Listen, I was 25. Listen, that sounds like some damaged good <laughs> shit, dude. That is the most damaged I'm shit trying, I've ever okay, heard in my but life. To my, to my credit, I did it a couple years ago and I've changed a lot in the past year or two. That's fucking funny. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Like Dave Chappelle follows me and I'm going, no, Dave. I unfollow Okay, you. I get it now. You're Black. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Are you insane? That's, that'd be so funny if she was, you were the first person that wasn't her friend that she was like, you know what? Today, I'm going to follow a random stranger. And she follows you and then you go block. She goes, fuck this. I, I think I, no, and I didn't like block. I think I just like did it so that it would unfollow, like she would unfollow me. Like I made it manually unfollow. That's what I did. Oh my God, so, Bose. I know. I know I'm all embarrassed. I thought like for, I thought the person that you would meet is like Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator or something. Oh no. Oh God. No, dude. Yeah, like a true crime. But see, that's the thing though, too i feel like since i've been doing the true crime thing everyone tries to talk to me about it or relate to me over it and i'm like i don't want to i don't want to talk about murder when i'm at dinner with somebody eating oysters and they think that like it's the only thing that i like the coolest thing about your true crime stuff is that you are saying everything that i don't have to read like that's the best part like when you're talking about your shit it's like i don't have to read this i literally don't i can just hear you talk about it in the way that i want to hear it and it feels fucking good so it's just like, because I'm always curious about this stuff, but there's so much data and just jargon that you have to go through in order to get to like the good meat of things that I just don't care. But then see, you just do it for me. You know, it's funny too, because so the, 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 I've been doing true crime for a while, but the new brand that I came up with is a little bit different because you know, that era from, you know, two years ago or so where actually not even that, like three or four years ago. Um, there was all these commentary channels that learned they could just critique another YouTuber and get a bunch of views. The yeah. downfall of so-and-so. What's wrong with Lily Singh? Like, da 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 mm-hmm. Like, we, we did a video around that era. And I saw that people were using these YouTubers, A, as clickbait and SEO, and then B, they're putting somebody down and shit-talking them because it makes people feel good about themselves and they're getting all this viewership from it just from shit-talking somebody. And I was like... Why are we shit talking these people that just made a mistake? They're creators. They move on. They do things. You know, why don't we talk shit about people that did messed up stuff like murderers? Murderers deserve to get talked shit about. So that's what all of my content is based around. Talking shit about murderers. That's what I do all day. I talk hella shit about Chris Watts, Jody Arias. I'm on a first name basis with this bitch at that point. I know a lot of the prosecutors state by state by name. Uh, I know why Casey Anthony got off and I have a lot of opinions about it. And all I'm doing is talking shit about different attorneys and different convicted killers, people that got off, stuff like that. And David, I love it. My, my business is not just true crime. It's talking shit about people that did fucked up stuff. See, this is why you and I get along. <laughs> 
the only thing people want to see from me is me talking shit. Sometimes it it kills my soul because I, I get like, man, there's a lot of bad people on this earth. You yeah, know? or like, sometimes sometimes people make a mistake, and I don't want to, you know, shit talk them forever. But like when you kill somebody, that is not a mistake. When you, and especially when you kill four or five people over and over again, fuck you. And I want to talk about that. You know, dude, there's some crazy. You know, when I look back in my like my childhood in my life, and then I see some of these stories, and I'm like judging these individuals. I'm like, look at this motherfucker over here. Just killing people in the street. I was like, wait, I used to hang out with people like that. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck? I used to hang out That's with That's how like, we some- know, David. Times have changed. Yeah, and th- dude, I'm telling you this too. If you don't believe that people can change, let me just tell you this funny story, right? Uh, I was at a wedding. I uh, went to this wedding and there was a couple of people there that I did not expect. In fact, I couldn't even recognize them. Came up to me and they're like, hey, David, how have you been? He goes, I'm like, who the fuck is this? I have no idea who this guy is. And I'm looking at their face. And I'm like, is this so-and-so? And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? What are you doing? He's like, yeah, man. I was like, what do you do now? It's like, I'm, like, I'm a pharmacist. And I'm a pharmacist, bro. I literally seen this dude, like, pull out a gun and fucking threaten to cap somebody in the fuck. Like, put a gun to the dude's forehead before oh because he stepped on his fucking Air Forces. Yo. Like, this is this, this crazy human. And he's done a lot of other terrible things, too. He was heavily gang-affiliated. Whole family was gang-affiliated, right? Somehow changed his life, fucking repented, redid everything. He's like trying to make up for everything that he's done bad. Wow. And he's a pharmacist now. And the reason why he changed, he, he, met a, he met a girl that changed his life. Yeah. They gave him an ultimatum. And like, probably, probably given him notes on yeah. different things. Like yeah. this is what we're not going to do. And this person changed. He didn't kill anybody. Mm. All right. But we, if he, if we don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. No. From what I've known, he hasn't killed somebody. We, we don't, <laughs> we didn't say anything. Yes. <laughs> we but, literally didn't say but anything. But I'm telling you, people can change, man. Like it's crazy when you see growth in somebody that even I didn't expect. Like I look at him and I, unrecognizable. Well, a lot of our, I feel like a lot of the issues that a lot of us cause or cause are from like past pain, quick emotional triggers. Oh. For example, that Air Force thing, one thing you just talked about, like, you know, maybe it was a trigger that was disrespect. He didn't like that from his past. And that's how he handles it now. And you ever been talking to somebody and you can tell they're not present? They're somewhere else? Yeah. You know, he might have felt like, oh, you know, somebody did this to me 10 years ago and I'm not going to get disrespected like that again. So when this situation feels similar, sometimes people will overreact. It's like their pain just gets swelled up in huge ways. That's what happened to me for a long time. I deal with a lot of trauma and I deal with a lot of triggers, but I go to therapy for these traumas and these triggers. And I do it for me because if I can control my emotional reaction to my past or situations that remind me of my past, it keeps me from creating new problems. And that's how my life has been for the last two years. And, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up if you were a very emotional person, you know, two, three, four, five years ago. But, you know... Let yourself change so that you don't continue to walk in those circles and create the same issues over and over again. Hey, therapy is the fucking shit, man. I got to tell you, dude, I, we, um, uh, Mariel and I, we're going to talk about a podcast too, where she and I started couples counseling and shit. Mm-hmm. Man, this bitch, my therapist, this bitch be uncovering shit in my soul that I had no idea was there. Ooh. And next thing you know, I'm just like, man, why my daddy do that? You know, she's like, yeah. oh. I'm like, Yo, I didn't know this was bothering me. You know, but the cool thing about therapy and I think like uh, what a lot of people who who haven't done it is that it's a really safe space where you for some reason feel like you could say everything that you wanted to say, no matter how dumb you thought it made you feel or what you thought. And then you start uncovering little things like stuff that you always tell yourself that you don't care about stuff that you say that um, that you're not embarrassed about, Mm -hmm. but you really are. 
But then you get to talk to this person and you get to talk out these feelings and these thoughts and it kind of uncovers things that have been bothering you for years. Yeah, I I go, I go, I try to go at least once a month. Like I basically, a, a while back during the pandemic, I did like a six, three, three, no, it was like three month intensive where I was going like every single week. I call it intensive because that's a lot and it was a lot of fucking money. But I was going every single week to try to heal myself and get to a good place. So now I still check in like every month or so. And she said something really interesting to me the other day. I said like, oh, something, something happened. But yeah, it was weird. And she was like, you have to stop saying weird. She's like, I don't like that word. I'm like, why? And she was like, when you say that something felt weird, you're not saying how it felt. Mm -hmm. What is weird? It's just a word that we use when we feel so uncomfortable, we want to cut it off. We label a person weird. We label ourselves weird. We say we feel weird. But you have to explore that emotion and dive in and figure out what is weird because otherwise you're cutting off your emotions from yourself and how you really Mm -hmm. feel. Damn, that's just deep. Yeah. I, that's the crazy thing, too, when you really start to think about the the why of things. And it's the stuff that we choose to ignore all the fucking time because it's just easier. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, I don't really fuck with that person. Somebody asks you why. And you just go, eh. But there's a reason why. <laughs> you know, For sure. there's always something. Reason there's why. always a reason why. I, I also learned that what in my past I used to be I used to be very quick tempered, like very confrontational, very quick to anger, too. But what I learned was anger was my first emotion that protected me from a lot of other emotions, sadness, anxiety, hatred, uh, a lot of a lot of different things. But I realized anger was the first layer. And so what I started to do to myself was anytime I felt angry, I tried to push through that anger and get to the other side of what emotion was on the other side. Yeah. And um, that was really powerful for me because anytime I feel anger now, I find an opportunity to explore myself a little bit. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode. This of the was Genius good. Brain podcast. It's always a it's good always fucking good. time, dude. It's always black and yellow. You dress like fucking Lawrence Fishburne right now. Too. I hate you. <laughs> I hate that. Is like, look, we said we were about to go rob a place. Oh man, you can find what? what they, plug okay, your shit. hey, plug your my shit. YouTube plug channel's your out. Shit. When this comes out, I'm gonna comment on this. I'm gonna hit top comments. So I'm gonna need you guys to come check out my channel. I do live streams on Sundays and Mondays on Twitch. I do court TV on Sundays. And I do murder stuff on Mondays and I'm talking shit both of those days. But also, I'm uploading almost daily on YouTube now. About four or five times a week. Damn, that's fucking amazing. Damn, you make me feel like shit. Yeah, you should. All right. I'm well, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, fuck, I should have right. committed to that as I lean back and said, yeah, you should. <laughs> as you plug into the Matrix. Fuck God, you. God <laughs> damn. That's God. Like, well, that hurt my feelings. It's and- been real, y'all. We'll <laughs> see, see y'all next time. Peace.